This is SR1. The Rob Carter Show. All right, everybody, here we go. Today is Sunday, December 3rd, 2023. My name is Rob Carter. Welcome to SR1 Sundays on News Talk STL. Hope everyone is having a fabulous Sunday evening. I'm in a great mood, Phil. I'm going home on Thursday to see my beautiful wife. It's been a while. And uh, she's been very patient with me because I've been living in St. Louis for what? It's almost been 90 days now. So I'm getting back home to see her on uh, Thursday. I've got hockey tickets for great seats for the Blues game against uh, Vegas on Wednesday. So I'm in a very good mood. Mizzou is playing great football. So there's a, there's a lot of things going on that I like and a lot of great news this week. Uh, you know, I, my mood kind of ebbs and flows with what's going on in the world because I'm following it so closely. It can really get you down when you see things going in the wrong direction. But good news is on the horizon. A lot of information is now being presented to the American people. And I say all the time there's a war being waged on free peoples around the world. So uh, from my perspective, if people don't know that it's happening, it's going to be very difficult to win this particular war. A war for freedom, if you will. Uh, and nothing was more evident than your freedoms being under attack than what we watched with COVID. But I'm in a great mood. Can't wait to go home. Cannot wait to see my lovely wife. I'm trying to give as much attention to her as I possibly can so she'll love me when I get back home because I cannot wait to see you, baby. We'll be home soon. And that good weather that you could uh, get a little break on this weather. I know it hurts you, man. It this weather's you. brutal. It makes me... Um, you asthmatics and people out there. I feel yeah, for my you. sinuses, they're way better. When I was a kid, it would have been unbearable. But uh, at least I can manage now. When I was a kid, my sinuses and allergies were so bad. Uh, my buddy that I lived with used to call me the boy in the bubble. I couldn't go outside when it, the weather was changing. So from spring to summer, summer to fall, I couldn't even go outside. I was just coughing and hacking and nose stuffed up. It was brutal. Uh, one other thing I wanted to bring uh, your attention to, Phil, that I think is interesting going on in my life. There's this woman named Tessa Greenspan. I met her through some friends, and she is um, she made a lot of money and wrote a book called From the Outhouse to the Penthouse. She's got just an incredible story, and she's kind of taken a mentor role with me, uh, just trying to keep me grounded with all the things that are going on in my life. And she's been fantastic. Uh, she's kind of a motivational person. Uh, mentor in business and the way to run your life and uh, been crazy. Talked to her three times for about an hour a week and she has uh, uh, she's really changed my perspective. I, 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 one of these days I'm going to have her on the show, Tessa Greenspan. Shout out to her because she's probably listening. Uh, in the news, let me start with some things that I think are interesting. I try to make everything as interesting as I can, but there's some interesting things in the news. Henry Kissinger has passed away. Uh, Henry Kissinger, I've talked about him on my show many times. He is the mentor of Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum. These are the people that run the world. So he passes away, and I wonder who will take his spot in the club that runs the universe. Um, big news coming out about the FBI. So I think I want to start with the stories in the FBI. Derek Chauvin, if you remember him. Derek Chauvin was the guy, he was the police officer in Minneapolis. He was responsible, apparently, for the death of, what was it, George Floyd? And it created all the riots and all the things that were going on. He was stabbed in prison. 
And it turns out the guy that stabbed him, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about this story uh, maybe later on in the show or later on um, in the next couple weeks. But this guy that stabbed him was an FBI informant by the name of John Tursak. So this is being reported throughout mainstream press and alternative media. And again, the FBI, I'm really frustrated with Missouri politics because when these four Missouri Congress people, and I'm going to get back into the FBI here in just a minute, but Sam Graves, Blaine Lukemeyer, Jason Smith, and Ann Wagner all voted to give the FBI $375 million to expand their headquarters in D.C. This is the same FBI that has entrapped many for the January 6th grand insurrection, unarmed, if you will. The FBI apparently now, and the intelligence community and these criminals in Congress, all of the deposition tapes about January 6th are supposedly missing now. This is what's being reported. And we'll follow it to see if it turns out to be true. But these tapes, if they are missing, after all of the videos are starting to be released where all of us can see that there was no real violence going on inside the Capitol and prisoners are being held right now for exercising their First Amendment rights or being entrapped by the FBI or FBI contractors. This is who four GOP... Congress people gave another $375 million. There's a guy named Matt Taibbi and another guy, Mike, uh, uh, Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger. And I'll play these clips as we get down into the show. Uh, but Schellenberger was testifying about how the FBI and other intelligence agencies were censoring information throughout COVID and censoring information about the elections so that the American public did not get accurate information. It was being controlled by the government through a supposedly free business, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. But it was being censored by the federal government. An infringement upon our First Amendment rights. Do you think there will be any accountability? What is your guess out there as you see things starting to take shape? Do you think there will be any Responsibility and should we be asking these Missouri Congress people how they got to vote for this particular FBI to expand their headquarters? How about Ru Trump and Russia? So the FBI was involved with the Trump Russia collusion information, who, which all turned out to be fake. Adam Schiff, he had lock solid evidence, turned out all to be fake. Who's being held responsible from the FBI? Do you know out there who's been held responsible? Is it okay just to do whatever you want? There's no laws for you. All you have to do is protect the establishment and they'll protect you and everything is just fine as the American people get the short end of the stick. How about the Hunter Biden laptop? 50 intelligence officers wrote a letter that said this is most likely Russian disinformation. That turned out not to be true. Now we know that that's not true. These computers, and I believe there were three, if I'm not mistaken, Hunter Biden laptops. It was all real. And all the information about money laundering, influence peddling, and many other nasty things that Hunter Biden was into 
That was all hidden and told. It was told to us that it was all fake. This is the FBI. And let me repeat the names again for you one more time, because I want you to remember these names so that maybe somebody in the media will ask them why they chose to give the FBI $375 million to expand their headquarters. Sam Graves, Blaine Lukemeyer, Jason Smith, and the lovely Ann Wagner. Because I haven't heard this vote explained. Phil, have you heard this vote explained by anybody yet? Nope. And I would say with the track record of the FBI, um, it is time for the people that are representing Missouri to answer some questions so we can find out what they're up to. Because the FBI is clearly corrupted at the top. How about they didn't even look into the elections? The FBI didn't even look into the elections. And then all of the media went out there and said, you know, it's been the 60 court hearings and Trump lost all of the court hearings. That's just not true. All of these courts were saying they had no standing. They, they sent, couldn't bring a case. Back, right. They couldn't bring a case. They couldn't give the information to the American public. That's right. Because I watched all the information that was presented under oath before the state senates, all of it, three times, 19 hours. And it is clear that the elections were being manipulated. And it was so obvious on election night that they were being manipulated. It boggles the mind that you can't get people to say, listen, we have to get our elections under control. We got to see it right before us. We got to watch as they shut down all of these huge counties across America in the middle of the night. And when we woke up, dopey Joe Biden, hair sniffing Joe Biden, drooling on himself, Joe Biden, walking in circles aimlessly, Joe Biden, giving speeches in front of honking cars like a cartoon, got 81 million votes. It's just insane. Got to get our elections under control. Got to figure out why. Let me get these names for you one more time because I'm not done with them yet. Sam Graves, Blaine Lutkemeyer, Jason Smith, and Ann Wagner. Why, as a member of the Republican Party, would you be voting to expand the FBI with this series of events that I have just listed off? It makes absolutely no sense. The GOP and the Uniparty, they're starting to rear their ugly heads. George Santos, who is a very strange character, I must admit, is expelled from Congress, leaving their very slim majority one vote less. With all of the corruption that's going on in our government, they just cannot stand the sight of George Santos. Now, does that make any sense? Even John Fetterman, the guy that had a stroke and won from Harvard, who won as a won a senator seat from the state of Pennsylvania? He went on the View and said, "Well, if you're going to get rid of George Santos, you should get rid of Senator Menendez." I guess Menendez isn't a club member. That's the only thing I can figure. Because for a Democrat, even one as dopey as John Fetterman, to say that if you're going to get rid of George Santos, you should be getting rid of Senator Menendez, who supposedly had some deal with Egypt. He was. Uh, running some scheme with Egypt. I'm not exactly sure what went down there. But how could you possibly be so hypocritical? And why would the GOP, in a very tight race between the Democrats, why would you give up a Republican 
vote? For what reason would you even consider doing such a thing? Now, I don't get it. So I've got statements from Benny Johnson, Emerald Robinson, Laura Logan, and Jesse Kelly. Um, I may, I'm going to try to get to these before the end of the show, but I want to get some th- through some things I want to talk about today. Big news on the COVID front. You know, I like to stay focused on the issues that actually matter. I don't get caught up in too much other nonsense. I hear it and I pay attention to it. But you got to pay attention to the COVID information that's coming out and it's got to strike you in the gut. Because as soon as you recognize what was going on here, you're going to recognize that the problem that we have is not with Democrat or Republican. It is the American people against their own government. That's the problem. And we've got to put pressure on these people so that they get in line with our wishes. There is a military member who went out onto Twitter, it's big news all over the place, and started reading off the data after COVID vaccines and the military had to take them by mandate, all of the illnesses that subsequently arose. I want to get that clip in. Ken Paxton, we've talked about him a lot. Ken Paxton down there in Texas, who had his own party try to impeach him, After he went out and explained to everybody how the elections were being stolen, his own party tried to impeach him. Well, he is suing Pfizer. Huh. That'll be interesting. Ken Paxton, attorney general from Texas, is suing Pfizer. Big news on the corporate media front. Some big influencers are now starting to go after the, the industry of corporate news. Corporations are a big problem. I'm going to say it again. We are not in a fight with the ideology of communism. We are in a fight with the ideology of fascism. It is corporate ownership of your government, not government organizing the corporations. They're one and the same. They work together. They work hand in hand. And they do whatever they want to do and they protect each other and they strip you of your freedoms because they don't like you getting in their way. It aggravates them. They don't like it. But I got a clip from a guy named Bill Cooper. Elon Musk went on with uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin because apparently there's a boycott against the advertising on X because he is allowing a lot of free speech. He's allowing more than anybody else by far. Tucker Carlson talks about it, talks about his run at Fox News and how he was sure that he's being manipulated not to say things and to stay in his lane. He knew what the rules were to be at Fox News. You can't tell the whole truth. You got to tell just shades of the truth, which means it's not the truth at all. If you're not telling the entire truth and nothing but the truth and you're giving shades of it, then you're lying to people. You're altering perspective. Dana White, he's a big Trump supporter. UFC guy, the owner, he's out there talking about how corporate advertisers try to intimidate him, Peloton, and they're all fighting back against it. These are the things we're going to talk about today. It'll fascinate you, some of the information that we have. Stick around for segment number two. We'll be right back. The Rob Carter Show. Rob Carter Show. 
Here we go. Second segment coming. I continue to be in a great mood. I like your choice of music. Very well done. Thank you. One thing I forgot to mention in the first segment, I think, was the Ron DeSantis, Governor Gruesome Newsom debate <laughs> on Fox News with the adorable Sean Hannity. I thought that was very interesting. I'm curious what the viewership of this particular debate was. The um, I don't watch these kind of things. I get the clips. I get the general gist of it. I think there are some things that I learned by watching this debate, if you will. First of all, before I even get into the debate, let me just tell you a little story about my life during COVID. I was living in Orlando, Florida and working as the president of a shoe company out of Los Angeles, California. So throughout portions of COVID, I would fly once, twice a month, sometimes out to LA and spend three or four days. So when there's a debate between Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis over COVID and what was going on in their states, uh, let me tell you, I know for certain, I can give you firsthand testimony as to what was going on. So when I watch these two arguing about what went down during COVID? Let me just tell you what it was like during COVID in Florida, if you will. Uh, Florida was, or, or <laughs> Florida was uh, a little bit crazy on a scale of one to ten. It was a, a lower portion of crazy, uh, but you could go around and do your thing. There was a two-week shutdown at the very beginning when Donald Trump, you know, shut down the world to save us from the uh, from the dangerous China virus. But in Florida, you could go in. It was it was very short lived, and everybody went on with their life. And you had certain counties that were making you wear masks. Most of the schools were wearing, uh, had their kids wearing masks. Uh, so for me, I thought it was a little bit of an infringement upon our rights, uh, but nothing like it was when you went to California. I would go to California during COVID, and the traffic in California is insane. So I stay at the Marriott Hotel right on top of LAX, and then go to my office that was about, with traffic normally, about 50 minutes away. That was the normal time I gave myself to get from the hotel to my office. During COVID, I could drive on the street by myself back and forth. That's how fearful the people and how shut down the people of Los Angeles were. There were points where they said, if you have more than 10 people, your neighbors are supposed to uh, tell on you, and the police will come and arrest you. That was the regulation. You couldn't have more than 10 people in your home at one time. This is what was going on in California, in Los Angeles. Uh, crazy. I would stay at the Marriott, and there'd be one person working the entire hotel, two people working the entire hotel. I mean, I'm talking about completely empty everywhere. Everything shut down was crazy. And Gavin Newsom has the gall to act like he wasn't, uh, it was no different than what it would be like in China because California basically is China. If you've ever been to China, the weather is fantastic in California and the people are lovely, but their politics are borderline insanity, trash and drug addicted people all over the streets. And then when does Gavin Newsom 
decide to clean it up was when the president of China's coming to town. Let's get this place cleaned up. And then he had the courage to say, yeah, it's true. Because it's true, this is the genius, Gavin Newsom, who looks like the most sleazy guy in the history of the world. That you can just feel the BS come off of him when he's on television with that smirk. Oh, just a disgusting person. So apparently the GOP thinks that Ron DeSantis just hit a home run with this debate. As if debating as a conservative, Gavin Newsom would be difficult. All right. Uh, he high marks for his uh, great work in dismantling Governor Newsom. That is what is on Twitter, and that is what his campaign is telling everybody and his people that love him. Uh, very interesting. It was definitely better during COVID. Uh, he is definitely a better governor than Gavin Newsom. It's not a high bar, and you should be able to destroy Gavin Newsom in a debate. One thing we learned, or at least that I learned, is that the strategy coming from the establishment, which Gavin Newsom is a part of, is going to be lie straight to your face. This has been their strategy for a long time. But they are going to look directly in the camera, lie straight to your face, and hope that most people can't figure it out. The the Democrats will lie straight to your face. The Republicans will point out the lies, and they will raise money off of it. See those guys over there? They're horrible. Look at all these lies. Look at these statistics that they're talking about. They're just lying straight to your face and they'll raise money on it and then they'll do nothing. This is the strategy. The strategy is to keep us fighting, keep us divided, and do whatever they want to do. Fund whatever they want to fund. Start whatever war they want to start. Stick whatever medicine they want to put in you right in your arm. They'll do as they please. Well, unless the people get involved, and they will. I am very hopeful lately, very excited about the way people are starting to move off their spot, starting to at least open their eyes to what could potentially happen. When you're the leader of the country, as we hope uh, somebody good will be in there, I think the GOP is trying to squash Trump, and I think the GOP voters are trying to get Trump back in office. That seems to be the play. But it is a very, very corrupted system. We have to put pressure on our elected representatives. We have to get control of our election system. There are certain things that we have to do in order to have a functioning country left to our kids. Let me get into the corporate news information. I wanted to get into the corporate news story. Actually, do I, do I have a clip, Phil? I forgot to play this clip. This is the one clip that I absolutely loved about the DeSantis-Gavin Newsom debate. This was really well done by Gavin, or I'm sorry, by, um, by DeSantis. He talks about all of the freedoms that you have in California. My, my look at things is that I think we have to protect our freedom, our constitutional rights. We must pressure our elected representatives to stand up for our constitutional rights. They can't just make decisions willy-nilly however they want, like they did with COVID, and strip you of your constitutional rights, like the FBI did, because they they have to censor free speech because somebody might be trying to manipulate you, as they're trying to manipulate you every two seconds. 
But here is Ron DeSantis talking about all of the freedoms you have in California. This was a this was a highlight of the debate. At one point, tried to say that California was the freedom state. I just kind of laugh, like you're locking people down, you're doing all this. Uh, but then I thought about it. You know, California does have freedoms uh, that some people don't, uh, that other states don't. You have the freedom to defecate in public in California. You have the freedom to pitch a tent on Sunset Boulevard. You have the freedom to create a homeless encampment under a freeway and even light it on fire. You have the, the freedom to uh, have an open air drug market and use drugs. You have the freedom, if you're an illegal alien, to get all these taxpayer benefits. So, so those are freedoms. They're not the freedoms our founding fathers envisioned, but they have contributed to the destruction of the quality of life in California, and the results speak for themselves. People are leaving the state because they have failed in addressing the homeless population. I was spending time in Los Angeles with some people that uh, did real estate at a very high level. Big money. And one of the guys, um, uh, the guy that I work for, had somebody come in and he was a, a local real estate guy talking about real estate that was going on in California. And I'm just sitting in there listening to the conversation. I had met him. This was my first meeting with him, just having lunch. And he starts talking about the way properties were being bought, residential properties in Los Angeles. What would happen is, say the house is worth $800,000. It's about an average price, I think, in California nowadays. But if you wanted to go buy that new home, with your wife and your kids, and you lived in the community, you would be in a, in a bidding war with Saudi Arabia, China, big bank money, and it was driving up the price because outside money was buying up properties in California. And then you find out, if you look into it, that there are private equity companies buying up homes all over the country. Very interesting, I think. It's a, it's a scary situation when, you're, uh, uh, when your property and your farmland is being bought out by foreign interest, and then they'll tell you globalism isn't happening. It's all a big conspiracy theory. It's craziness. Let me get to this corporate news. I was getting into it here just a minute. Let me get into it here for just a minute. One big thing that we have to understand is how dangerous corporate news truly is. There is very few media outlets that have a wide audience that don't take corporate money. They're starting to grow. People are starting to recognize it. There is a grassroots independent media organization, uh, organizations that are beginning to take shape. It's very good. It's very good news. But corporate press is where people are at. And corporate press can be bought out very easily. Just like any human being can be bought out very easily, sometimes when they don't recognize that it's happening. But Pfizer is the one I want to pay attention to today because Pfizer is the one that everybody is talking about because everybody at Fox News was pushing and all of these media outlets were pushing the COVID vaccines and then they go to commercial and it was sponsored by Pfizer. That seems like a conflict of interest to me. But one thing that I am noticing is that the corporations are shaping the news. So you're not getting the news. You're not getting the story. You're not getting all of the information that you need. You're getting information through a lens, shades of the truth, stories that can't be told, puzzle pieces that can't be put together, dots that cannot be connected. 
because the big money runs the media outlets, the corporate media outlets. And when you're in a, what I believe to be the case, I think we're in a war for our freedom. And it's a long war. This may, it seems like it's getting closer and closer to me. And I don't even know that it will be a change that most people will recognize unless they've lived long enough to recognize what it was like prior. I say it all the time when I was a kid, seven, eight years old and everybody in the neighborhood, same way. You go out in the morning in the summertime and you're gone all day, hanging out with your friends, playing sports, doing whatever you want to do. Eight, nine years old, people sitting on their porch. A community was out there to pay attention to you. Only one person had to work to put their kids through college, put a little money in the bank and retire. That was a generation ago. What do you think it's going to be like a generation from now if we don't recognize what is happening? We must begin to foster real news, have real debate, get back to a society that has conversations about what's going on in their world instead of playing pretend, playing games like this government that we have in D.C., is actually trying to do what's right for the American people. It's, it's laughable. And everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. Everybody you talk to knows it. Doesn't matter if they're Democrat or Republican, conservative, liberal, doesn't matter. When you talk to people, they now recognize the government is a big, big problem. More and more people are starting to see the bigger picture. And that is a great thing. It's put me in a very good mood because I love it when big names go out against the corporate press. This is clip number six, five, and then I'll play a couple later. This is Glenn Greenwald, very respected journalist. He's got his own thing going on now, and he talks about corporate news. Clip number six, five. Check this out. Now, anyone who works in journalism, anyone who works in media and who has worked within the standard model of how journalism has operated in the United States for decades, which is the model of corporate advertising, knows that that model imposes extremely severe restraints on what media outlets can and can't do. They are certain journalists that they can't hire because the journalists will say things that will offend corporate advertisers on whom they depend in order to survive as a media outlet. Of course, relying on corporate advertisers severely restricts the kinds of opinions you can air, the types of perspectives you can permit, the kind of reporting you can do. What's so amazing about this is that if you're a journalist, The thing that you should hate more than anything is any force or any influence that tries to limit your freedom to speak. I could not say it better. I mean, that's really, if you are a journalist, if you see yourself as somebody who is trying to be um, a purveyor of reality, a purveyor of news, to give you the ins and outs, you simply cannot be restricted. You can't be restricted about the topics that you want to talk about if you're going to be a journalist. It defeats the purpose. If information has to go through a funnel, then it's generally not the truth. It's just some variation of it. It's a con, and we got to change it. We have to make changes to the way we, uh, the way we take in news and information. Segment number three on its way on The Rob Carter Show. We'll be right back. The Rob Carter Show. Carter Show.
right, everybody. Final segment of the first hour. And then we have a whole second hour to get through some more information. And we got some some details for the sixth segment. Ben Murphy, friend of the show. He's been telling us about the caucuses, and he has some information. So he's going to be in for the sixth segment. Get us caught up on the Missouri caucuses. If you didn't know, we're going to have caucuses, not primaries. Um, No matter how many times he explains it to me, I don't quite understand it. So when he comes in, you see if you can figure this thing out. I think it is maybe deliberately meant to confuse. Just a guess. You know, I could be wrong, but it seems a little bit confusing even when you're trying to figure it out. Now, I want to talk about some things in the second hour, so I want you to stick around for it. There are uh, club updates, information about the CIA. I got some great clips from Tucker Carlson, who's doing a terrific job of getting information out to people. But I want to get into COVID for just a second. Please, if you don't mind, just understand that COVID was a piece of the war. It's one that's right before everybody. You got to be able to remember what happened just a couple years ago. You don't have to remember the bigger picture. You can remember just what affected your lives and how things went down through COVID. So I want you to be aware of that. Let me start with the propaganda campaign, because when I say we are in a fascist environment, it is the collaboration between the government and the major corporations, and that includes media, pharma, military contractors, insurance companies, and so forth. That's what it is. They call it regulation. I would call it a marriage. And then you got to ask yourself, which one is in charge? And when you look around the world at the World Economic Forum and the United Nations and the things that the Western world are all singing the same tune. They're all talking about the same policies. When I was in the UK for the British Open, there were more gay flags than the home country flag. It was unbelievable. They were everywhere. This is a global movement. So I want to stay on COVID because it's easy to explain how things work through COVID. This is a group of media personalities, and I won't go through all of them. You'll have to recognize their voices that were trying to convince everybody that they had to get vaccinated to save the world. And if you didn't get vaccinated, you disgusting, rotten creep. If you didn't get vaccinated, you were going to kill everybody and jeopardize everybody around you. This is what they were telling people. Think of the uh, public anxiety that was created by telling people they had to get a needle in their arm for what many, many, many millions of people knew was a bunch of BS. If they didn't know it from the beginning, they figured it out sooner or later, but they had to take it because they had to decide, well, I don't think my government would try to hurt me. They wouldn't do that. So let me stick this needle in my arm. I'll hope for the best. And I got to go to work because I got to feed my kids. I don't like governments that do that. And when I recognize that the government and the media are just one combined entity, then I see my government and my media trying to sell me on something. And this is how they went about it. Remember this. This is clip number five, six. Check this out. It's going to set the tone for the way COVID went down. You are the problem. It is the unvaccinated who are the problem, period, end of story. The only people that you can blame, the only people you can blame, this isn't shaming, this is the truth. Maybe they should be shamed, but the unvaccinated. It's time to start blaming the unvaccinated folks, not the regular folks. Anyone you came into contact with will blame you. 
as will the rest of us who've done the right thing by getting vaccinated. Because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. I think it's time to get our moral house in order, Anderson. It's the unvaccinated who are the threat. All the vaccinated folks are going to start wearing masks to protect the unvaccinated folks. It's called a Christian value. You're basically punishing the vaccinated uh, for the the sins right, of the enough. unvaccinated people. That could go on for hours and hours and hours. It was a media propaganda campaign to make sure that you got vaccinated with an experimental medicine. This was global. This wasn't just the United States. To get a needle in your arm and you have to ask yourself one very simple question. Why? You got to start with the question. Why? Why were they doing that? What's going on? Was it just a theft? Was it just to sell medicines? Was it something bigger than that? But just think of what it actually did. If you were going to try to destroy the United States, let's run through a series of events that went down with COVID and see if this is maybe some of the things you might want to do. Divide everybody. Divide coworkers. Divide families. Divide the military. Divide everybody. Because you are enforcing mandates through corporations to get medicines that the entire media and governments around the world endorsed as perfectly safe and fine. And now we know that's not true. We know that's not true. The information that is coming out about the dangers of the COVID vaccines is overwhelming. I played Ron Johnson on this show last week, Senator from Wisconsin. And he said there is a global elite that has an agenda. He was the senator that sat before all of the doctors, all of the epidemiologists that had a different opinion about COVID and were talking about the COVID vaccines and how dangerous they were. This is Ron Johnson. So recently, a military guy went against order and sent all of the information off the military website about dangerous side effects from the vaccines and list it all off. This is just 50 seconds of him explaining it. This has become big news. The guy's last name is Macy. I'll get his first name here in just a second. This is clip number 6-1. This is what's going on. And people, again, the main reason I keep bringing it up is there has to be an understanding that this took place, number one. And then once you understand that, people have got to be held accountable. They have to be held accountable for doing this. This was an infringement upon many of our rights. But the idea that a game was being played and a lot of people were complicit and a lot of people knew what was going on and a lot of people planned for it, that has got to be exposed and there has to be accountability. Here is clip number five, six. No, I'm sorry. This is clip number six, one. Go. So in July, uh, Undersecretary Cisneros acknowledged the DMET data, the database working properly, and also acknowledged things such as myocarditis rising 151%. So what I did, I went in today, um, I'm doing the same thing, five-year average. However, I'm comparing it to 2022, and I only am using fixed-wing pilots and helicopter pilots active duty. 
So we get hypertensive disease, 36%. Ischemic heart disease, 69%. Pulmonary heart disease, 62%. Heart failure, 973%. Other forms of heart disease, 63%. Cardiomyopathy, 152%. And I could play you many, many different clips from people around the world that are testifying Many are members of their own government that just didn't know this was going on, that people are getting sick and they now know that it was a con. If we could, just there's a guy named Malcolm Roberts. He's a senator in Australia. He is being very outspoken. Uh, he's making the video circuit. He's making the social media circuit and trying to get people in Australia to understand what I'm trying to get people in America to, to understand. And many others are. I'm not just saying it's me. That this was a con job that was planned out. This is clip number five. One. This is Australian Senator. Malcolm Roberts. Malcolm Roberts. It's become clear that people in this country and globally have been steamrolled. It is also clear that it has been coordinated globally. It is also clear that it has been integrated, not just over six months, not just over two and a half years, but it has been planned over decades. The changes to legislation in this country were done so that they could control doctors and people. But the people are waking, and it's thanks to people like Dr. Altman and all the presenters here today, thanks to people like Senator Babette and Craig Kelly. We know and we knew that this is all bullshit and that we've been had. But we are going to hound you down, the people that are guilty. We are going to hound you down and hold you accountable, and we will expose your global agenda so that the people of Australia can be free in the future. Because I love my kids. And I'm looking forward to my grandkids. And we are going to save this country. This seems to be a rallying cry now, globally. You saw what happened in Ireland. There were some stabbings by illegal immigrants. I believe that's the case. And now the people of Ireland are starting to wake up to this mass immigration that is tearing down their culture. Creating a problem. It's not that any one person or group of people is bad. It just destroys your culture. You don't have a money, not enough money to support everybody, number one. But number two, you have centuries of culture that are mixing and it takes a little time and people are getting overrun by illegal, illegal immigration. But that is Senator Malcolm Roberts. I think he's doing a terrific job of explaining it. He's out there everywhere. And there's one more that I want to get to, too. This is something that I want people to understand gets me very excited. When Fox News, this is Laura Ingram, and I give her credit. She has a guy on there by the name of, name of Ned Ryan, I think it is. Uh, but he's talking about the global agenda of the World Economic Forum. Now, when people were talking about this two years ago, three years ago, it was complete insanity. You're a big conspiracy theorist. Although you can track what they want to get done 10 years ago, and now it's happening. So you know that they are having a, a, they're shaping the public opinion and they're shaping policy because you, they have a track record of telling you what they're going to do and then having it happen. Well, now they're telling you they're moving you into digital currency and basically global governance through corporations, the elite, the wealthy people of the world. They, they say it. They don't, they're not even trying to hide it. This is what they do. And all of the powerful people of the world are there. As Donald Trump said, Klaus Schwab is doing a fantastic job. Now, he could have been just trying to ingratiate himself. I'm not casting aspersions on his reasoning for doing that. All I'm saying is the most powerful man in the world, most likely, 
uh, at least by perception, is the president of the United States. And he, too, was going to the World Economic Forum. So here is Laura Ingram with some guy named Ned Ryan. I'm not sure who he is. I don't think it really matters. But this went out on the airwaves of Fox News via Laura Ingram. Clip number 5-3. Ready. Go. It seems that the goal of uh, this crowd is to kind of create the same panic about climate change that they successfully created around COVID. Do I have this wrong? No, you have it correct. I mean, first of all, we have to accept the World Economic Forum is a fanatical political organization that uses fear and manipulation like COVID hysteria, like the hoax of global warming, to really facilitate people thinking that somehow they're the saviors, but really all you're doing is helping them accomplish their goal, which really is a global public-private fascist movement and fusion of big government, big tech, big money to create a technocratic ruling elite, which conveniently is them. And, And really, Laura, if you want to look at a different way too with the World Economic Forum, they want to create feudalism 2.0 in which we are serfs and they are the lords ruling over us. You'll, you'll have nothing and be happy is one of the, the things that comes out of Davos. That's what they're aiming for. I love it that this is now making it to Fox News. And on a primetime show with Laura Ingram, I think this is great. I know they tiptoe around it every now and again, but that was a very clear, uh, concise explanation of what the World Economic Forum is all about. These are powerful people. These are not nobodies. These are serious people. They have an agenda, and it's global governance. I mean, has that not been going on since the beginning of time? I don't know why this is so shocking to people or why they think this is a big conspiracy. Why would it be a conspiracy that a handful of the most powerful people in the world would like to have total control over the Earth's population? They have the technology. They have the propaganda. They have infiltrated systems all over the world, and they know what they're doing. I think we should pay attention to it. I think it's crazy not to. I think before I get into the next hour, I want to remind everybody what I was talking about with Ben Murphy. Ben Murphy will be in the final segment, the sixth segment. Uh, I called in. He wants to have a conversation about this caucus system. And I asked the people of Missouri to get involved with your politics. You have to understand how this system works, because if you're in the dark about what's going on in uh, your city, your state and your country, it's not good right now. Right now, if you have the time or you should make the time, be involved. Understand this caucus system. When the time comes, be involved in it. Pay attention to what's going down. Got to get our elections in order. That's number one. Got to pay attention to who's who in the political game. You got to know these people. Got to know what they're all about. Got to know how they vote. Got to be able to ask them questions. Got to be able to test them and challenge them. After all, they do work for us, don't they? Second hour on its way on The Rob Carter Show. We'll be right back. The Rob Carter Show. Sundays. The Rob Carter Show. All right, everybody. Second hour coming your way. I got some interesting things that I that I found that I like. These things interest me. I hope they interest you. More club updates. 
and how you can recognize them when you're watching the mainstream press. I got two of them that I want to bring your attention to. The first one is our good friend Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and I am desperate to get in front of this guy. He seems to want to tell people about the CIA, which is, you know, something I'm very interested in. But he was on PBS with this woman named Amna Nawaz. And I saw this interview, and I thought to myself, as soon as she started to open her mouth, I can now recognize club members. I can recognize the people that are in the press that are just there to sell an agenda, to lie, to mislead you, to uh, push you away from the truth, to shun you from the truth. They don't want you to see the truth at all. It's not what they're about. It's not news if the news has an agenda. So her name is Amna Nawaz. Now, RFK Jr. was talking about illegal immigration. His numbers have checked out. I did the homework on it. I did it a few days ago, so I can't, I'm not going to recite it. But I looked it up. Everything he said washes out with, the own, with our own government's data. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on PBS with Amna Nawaz. Pay attention to this interview. Clip number 7-8. Go. Mr. Kennedy, I've also spent a lot of time on the border. Seven million is an inaccurate figure. It's closer to six million encounters over the last three years, and that includes people who were subject to Title 42 expulsions, which uh, they were not I'm, allowed to end. And how many of those, what percentage of those people were, were turned back? I don't have an exact figure, sir, but and the seven million you're saying is inaccurate. There's also a million and a half who have come over that are, you know, are runaways. So oh, back and, to my question, number how, is, how would you number the is approximately 7 million have come across and are here today in this country. It is not 7 million over the last three years. I, that, that's just inaccurate. All right. Remember what I said earlier? The way they're going to sell this is they're just going to lie right to your face. They're going to look right into the camera and they're going to lie. And they're just going to hope that you don't know what the truth is. That's all. That's the game. Amna Nawaz. When I looked her up, I just knew she'd be one of what from one of my club member schools. And sure enough, London School of Economics. Now, all of my friends went to the London School of Economics. No, they didn't. I don't know anybody that went to the London School of Economics, but I know a lot of people in power went to the London School of Economics. And when I see interviews like that, I immediately think this is contrived. There's an agenda here. And she just tells her audience that's there to see her. These are the, the She has an influence over 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, a million. I don't know. But she has an influence over people. So when they come to watch her show, they think Amna Nawaz is giving them accurate information. And she lies right to the camera and puts Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on the spot about a little illegal immigration. Next one for you. This is Tucker Carlson. I would like people to pay attention to Tucker Carlson. I get the feeling he's one of the good guys. I don't know. I don't trust anybody anymore. But I think he could be one of the good guys. His father was in the intel agencies under the Bush administration and the Reagan administration, if I'm not mistaken, but under Bush. Uh, He was Voice of America. He was selling propaganda, American propaganda to the world. But at that particular time, I think the good people were doing that. I think they believed in all their hearts they were doing the right thing. So when I see Tucker Carlson leave Fox News, I don't really know what the situation was there. He said he was fired. But when I see him go out there and tell the truth, I really don't care what side of the fence he's on. I just know what truth is. And I like when people like Tucker Carlson get out there and tell people the truth because he has an enormous influence 
over people. So if we're getting the truth, I really don't care where it comes from. And Tucker Carlson is out there telling the truth. Here is a brief clip. You got to listen to it very closely because in the middle of it, he talks about how the CIA has infiltrated our Congress. Check this out. Clip number, uh, where are we at? Five, eight, go. There are members of Congress who are controlled by the intel agencies. I'm not speculating on this. You know, I, I lived there for 35 years. I know right. this. I had a very high-ranking, very high-ranking member of the House Intel Committee tell me at dinner at a restaurant in Washington when he'd been drinking, we got to talk about this. And I said, oh, I'll text you. He goes, I, I can't text. And I said, why is that? And he goes, well, because NSA reads my text. And I said, NSA reads it. Wait, you're the head guy on the intelligence committee. You're their boss. You're providing oversight in our constitutional system. He's like, yeah, but, you know, they're still spying at me. First thing. Second thing, Michael McCall, right. who is, you know, <laughs> the leader of, I would say, the neocons uh, in the House, kind of low-key uh, neocons, but but neocons. Um, what I got into an argument with him once last year on the phone. He told somebody that I was a Russian agent or something, and I was outraged. So I called him on the phone, and I, you know, I used bad language. I was really mad, and uh, he said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I, I just got that. You know, that's what the intel briefers told me that you were working for Russia." And I said, "That's what the intel briefers told you. You believe your." intel brief like how yeah. old are you son you yeah. know i'm from dc my dad was in this world like yeah. you don't you're being manipulated by your intel briefers michael mccall let's figure out who he is because you have to understand most of the people in congress are a lot of them let's say they are there for a reason they're representing somebody besides themselves michael mccall he has a senior i, I look for the club schools right away to see if he was involved he has a he got a senior executive fellowship from Harvard. Here's where it gets interesting. He's married to Linda Mays. Linda is the daughter of Lowry Mays, also from Harvard. And Lowry is the founder of Clear Channel Communications, which is now iHeartRadio. Corporate news, same thing I was talking about earlier. It is news with an agenda. And wouldn't it be wouldn't you find it suspicious that Michael McCall, Michael McCall, is talking to Tucker Carlson? Tucker makes the statement that the CIA has infiltrated our Congress and then subsequently mentions the name Michael McCall. And then you look into Michael McCall and he's got all the club membership status that you'd like to have when you're trying to identify who's who. And he's there as the I would say the husband of Linda Mays, just like Ted Cruz is the husband of Heidi Cruz. You know, normally people would think that Ted Cruz and his wife is Heidi Cruz. That's not the way it really is. In reality, Heidi Cruz from Goldman Sachs, her husband happens to be in the Senate, a very powerful, powerful senator by the name of Ted Cruz. Just like John Kerry. Married to Teresa Hines. Teresa Hines from Hines Ketchup. Big money. She is not the husband of John Kerry. John Kerry, I'm sorry, she is not the wife of John Kerry. John Kerry is the husband of Teresa. She's the one in power. He works for her and that family. 
Same way with Mitch McConnell. Elaine Chow is the head honcho. Mitch McConnell works for her and her family. Out of China, shipping magnets. Big power. Married to a very lovely woman, born in Shanghai, I believe, who has a father that's attached to the CCP. Big time shipping. And Mitch McConnell, who's glitching and falling apart, is her husband with a lot of power here in the Senate. And then you got the Bushes. W. Bush, G.H. Bush, they are working on behalf of their oil, their oil network. Halliburton, the Iraq War, we all remember, no bid contracts. They enrich themselves. They just need a reason to do it. So we attack Iraq when they had nothing to do with 9-11, but somehow we merged the two. I fell for it. I rooted it on. It is powerful propaganda. It is a powerful mind washing of your opinion and of your perspective. It is uh, very difficult, very difficult to fight. Now let me transition into, away from, I should say, the CIA and into the FBI. We have a surveillance state going on. We have an infiltration of our government by our intel agencies, our police agencies, our federal agencies in general, I believe. Here is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Again, I like this guy because he's, he's out there talking the truth as far as I can tell. RFK Jr. talking about what the CIA is all about I'm not going to play the part where he talks about how it inf- uh, influenced the death of John F. Kennedy. Uh, I just want you to, the very first part of this, he talks about what the CIA is all about. Clip number 5-4, go. The purpose of the CIA was to create a constant pipeline of new wars. and A pipeline of new wars. What I really think people should pay attention to if they have the time is who the people are that are in our government, within your state, You know, if you have the energy and you have the interest, find out who these people are, what they're all about, who they're for. You'll find out, like he said, the CIA, if you're looking for the clues, the CIA has infiltrated our Congress and our media and our corporations and everything. So what is the CIA other than a uh, global intelligence outfit? I really think the CIA is probably has many wings is an intelligence business, but it controls the levers of power around the world. And I don't think the CIA is being an American intelligence agency. I think the CIA is global intelligence. I think these people are working together behind the scenes, the vast majority of these countries. Let me just give you an example that I like to bring up and ask people about. What about China virus? If you've listened to this show or you're paying attention to conservative politics at all, You would now believe that Tony Fauci was working with the Chinese, getting funding and developing weapons of war, very nasty viruses at the Wuhan Institute. Why, if China is the enemy, as they are described by almost everybody, it's China, 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 they've infiltrated our system, and I believe that they have. Why would it be okay for our director of the NAIAD to be working and developing 
supposedly very contagious viruses in China. And then it's sold, well, it's either a lab leak or it came from a bat soup. Again, false narratives. If China was our enemy, Anthony Fauci would be in jail. Not doing speaking engagements. And be giving, uh, and, and, and he's getting medals of commendation. And if you remember, China, they are the ones that sold the propaganda to COVID from the very beginning. I've told you the story. I was in China watching CNN, and they're showing people falling down in the streets from COVID. Do you know anybody that fell down in the streets from COVID? Do you know anybody that just collapsed right there as they were walking down the streets, boom, from COVID? Or is that more likely from heart attacks and so forth? And it looked like propaganda coming from China. And then America picked it up. Then Italy picked it up. Then Australia picked it up. And then the whole world picked it up. And everybody in the world had to wear masks. Stand on dots. And wait for the magic potions to save them from certain death. Global infiltration of our government is a real problem. And the way you weed those people out is you expose them. You ask them questions. Again, the FBI, and I just got to get to, I got to get the, I got to get the information from these people. The FBI was requesting $375 million. I'm going to say it over and over again, because somebody has to ask the question. Doesn't have to be me. Anybody in the media here in Missouri. Why Sam Graves, Blaine Lutkemeyer, Jason Smith, and the lovely Ann Wagner voted to expand the FBI with all of the infringement upon our rights by the FBI, by Christopher Ray. I have a clip that I'll play maybe on the next show of Rep. Clay Higgins. And he says he's got Mr. Ray, Christopher Ray, head of the FBI, sitting before him and he's asking him questions in Congress. And he says, do you know what ghost cars, ghost vans are? And he says, no, I don't know what that is. He said, these are cars and vans that are untrackable. And they were coming into the Capitol with people dressed up as Trump supporters on January 6th. Questions him about it. At the very end of it, he says, Mr. Ray, basically, I know what's going on. He said, Mr. Ray, your day is coming. Well, wouldn't that be nice? I don't necessarily believe that's going to happen, but man, would it be nice if it did. Segment number five coming your way. Segment number six, stick around. We got Ben Murphy in studio to give us an update on the caucuses. We'll be right back. The Rob Carter Show. I'll let that play just a minute. I used to love that song. Oh, yeah? I think it was in the 8th or ninth grade when this was out. Oh, Reminds yeah. me of... Uh, actually, it's funny. This song was... Um, we took a bus ride down on a... It was like a trip when we were in middle school. This is where I met my... This is where I really started to know my wife. 
and we were playing these songs. This was one of them. This was a very popular song <laughs> on that bus ride from St. Louis down. And we went to, a, it was crazy, we went down to Florida, where basically where we live now. When we were um, 11, 12 years old, this song was playing on the bus ride the whole way up. Isn't that crazy? Your future wife was yeah. on the bus with Yeah, you? oh yeah. That's what this song reminds me of. Oh, how weird. Yeah, it was this. There was a couple songs that were playing back then. That's so cool, Rob. And every time I hear them, it reminds me <laughs> of that bus ride. It was crazy. You miss your wife. I'm ready to see her, that's for sure. Know, Trying to I butter know. her up. I know. <laughs> is it working? Uh, yeah. Honey, man. is it working? I'll be home soon. <laughs> Poor thing. She's probably going, no, no. Right. No. Stay away. Uh, All right. I want to get into, let me get serious for just a minute. And please stick around for Ben Murphy. Um, I like Ben Murphy. I think he is a very interesting guy. He's trying to shed light on the Missouri uh, political process. Uh, he's astute, been around the game for a long time. Uh, I think he sees things the way I do. Everything's just a little bit on the shady side, and you got to pay attention to it. If you can get rolled very easily, you will get rolled by people trying to roll you. <laughs> That's how it's going to go down. So you might want to pay attention to it ever so slightly if you have the time or the energy. I hope you do. Um, when I get into CIA stuff and FBI stuff, I find that stuff very interesting. Uh, when you see an alternate reality going on in the world and everybody having different perceptions and throwing their hands up and they just don't know what to believe and everything is scattered about, there's no real true information anymore. Uh, it feels like that is a very bad situation to be in. But the the reason I'm in such a good mood today and the reason I think there is hope on the on the horizon is a lot of the information that you have to know is starting to come to surface. You have to know what how this world works. You have to understand the corporate intrusion into our government. You have to understand that there is a global network of people that wants to run the show. I don't know if it's going to be good or bad. It doesn't sound too good to me. I like freedom. But they really do want to control the thing. And if they can convince you to do it because you're being manipulated and it's nice and easy for them and they don't have to create too much trauma, I think that's the way they would do it. I just hope that plan B isn't nasty. Uh, but I think with if you don't push back, you just don't leave a very good world for your uh, for your kids. Like I said, we were a lot freer when I was young. That's all I know. It's going in the wrong direction, and anybody who's over the age of 50 knows that it's going in the wrong direction. There's no doubt about it. The only good thing that we got going on is there hasn't been a lot of um, – uh, World War II type activity or Vietnam. We haven't got stuck in these uh, big, long wars where everybody's getting killed. We've had wars where people are dying, but not at the scale that it was back in the 40s and even the Korean War and then the Vietnam War in the 60s. So there is some stability, and I say, you know, that's good. It's good to have stability, but it's also good to know that there are people out there with nefarious intent Recognize who they are, recognize how they work, recognize how they scheme, recognize what their schemes are, and start to push back. Get your freedom back. With all of the wealth, all of the ingenuity, all of the tech, all of the everything that we have here in America, life should be so much better. Life should be so much better. It's being mismanaged by frauds pretending to be Political figures, not all of them. There's some really good ones. Nick Schroer was just in here. He's a great guy. I like him. But there are a lot of frauds out there. 
There are a lot of people that are in the political game for money. They're there for all kinds of agendas outside of yours. And at some point, we understand it. We know that politics is messy. Everybody gets it. But there is a point when it goes too far, and it feels to me and to many others that I talk to around this country and around the world, apparently, who think something nefarious is going on and it's time to wake up. Time to get with it. Time to understand what's happening. Here is Josh Hawley from Missouri. I want to get this clip in. Talking about the FISA process and how the FBI and other intelligence agencies and police agencies lied to the FISA courts to get warrants on people. Very illegal. But again, nobody is ever held accountable. It's a beautiful system. You have to recognize it for what it is. The FBI and the CIA control what's going on in our government, and the government funds and allows the FBI and the CIA to do whatever they want to do. They each protect each other. It works out real nice, and they all get very rich doing it. <laughs> very rich doing it. It is a great little deal. Here is six, seven, clip number six, seven. Josh Hawley talking to somebody. I think this was the deputy director of the FBI. Don't hold me to it, but it was somebody in the FBI. Check this out. Clip number six, seven. Josh Hawley from Missouri. Go. Eyes to the FISA court for the Carter Page warrant. Who, who, who was fired for that? Anybody? Has anybody been held accountable for your institution deliberately lying to a FISA court to get a wiretap on an ongoing presidential campaign? There is an ongoing disciplinary process with respect to individuals involved in that. Here's the deal. You're back in front of us asking for the reauthorization of extraordinary authorities. Multiple courts have uncovered extraordinary abuses perpetrated by your agency. You are at the same time concealing information about serious allegations made against the president of the United States, even as your institution also targets his chief political opponent in an unprecedented way. Why would we ever give you the blank check that you want to continue surveilling American citizens in an improper manner? Why would we ever do that? Senator, we're here to talk about reforms today. I did get confirmation that the query... No, we're not. We're here to talk about the reauthorization of Section 702. Why would we reauthorize it, given your track record of abuse and illegal improper surveillance and political targeting? Why would we do that? That is the FBI that Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri is exposing. And let me read these names to you just one more time. Sam Graves... These are the people from Missouri who voted to give the FBI even more money. I love the FBI, says Sam Graves from Missouri. Blaine Lutkemeyer, Jason Smith, and the lovely Ann Wagner. Can somebody in the press ask these people why they voted to give the FBI more money? Josh Hawley seems to have it figured out. Why in the world would you give this institution more money? Oh, the FBI does good things here and there. I'm talking about the leadership. That money ain't going to the field people in the FBI. That's going to the people that run the FBI. It's going to go right in their pocket. It's a joke. It's just so inferior. They have no shame. When I tell you they have no shame, they have absolutely no shame. Somebody asked these people how they can support the FBI with all of the information that is before the American voter. The conservatives are up in arms about the FBI and four Republicans just say, you know what? If you need more money, just tell me how much, what you need. Got it for you. Here is clip number six, eight. I want to give one more 
the J6 deposition tapes. I told you I went to January 6th. I got to watch it with my own eyes. I have to argue with people that never went to January 6th but watched it on television. Tell me what went down there when I was there. It's the greatest in the world. It's one of my favorite things in life. I witness it with my own eyes and have to argue with people who watched it on TV. It is incredible what went on with that January 6th committee. Absolutely and totally absurd. They sold, when I talk about brainwashing and conditioning, imagine selling, and they sold this to the vast majority of the country when it went down. They sold the idea that there was an insurrection in America, a planned insurrection led by the President of the United States, and they didn't bring any weapons. You can't make it up. It'd be a Monty Python movie if it were, it's, it's so dumb You don't even know how to describe it and and have a conversation with people. If there was a planned insurrection on the Capitol on January 6th, I promise you the people organizing it might have put some guns together. Just a guess. I don't think they went, you know what? We're going to take over the government. We're going to take it all over. Get your flag. Get your don't tread on me flag. Your Trump make America great again flag and let's meet at the Capitol and we're going to wrap them up in flags and take them out. It's insane. It is absolutely insane. But the January 6th deposition tapes. Now, what's going on now is the public outcry for the January 6th inside the Capitol tapes because people are being held in federal prison who are waved in. There's all kinds of video of the Capitol Police opening the doors and waving people in. And now those people are in prison. They were entrapped. Should be illegal. It is illegal. If it ain't, it should be. This is what's going on on January 6th, though. All of these people that tried to frame this story, this movie that they tried to do. Remember the January 6th committee that was on ABC and it was produced like a movie and it was like Judge Judy for fans of the uh, Judiciary Committee or whoever these imbeciles are, Liz Cheney, crying Adam Kissinger, these people. They tried to tell you that this was a grand unarmed insurrection that just failed. They just couldn't get it done. The Keystone cops out there and the Capitol Police were saving the day as they were waving people in. It's a great strategy. The great strategy to stop the unarmed insurrection was to wave people in and then chase them down and put them in prison. That was the grand strategy. So all of these depositions of the stories that they were telling, these, this movie they were trying to sell the American people, all those deposition tapes are apparently gone. Kind of like when Epstein hung himself from a two-foot bed. When the cameras were off and everybody was sleeping and Bill Barr, definitely not a part of the establishment, wink, wink, said nothing to see here. Just a run-of-the-mill suicide, nothing to see. The things that you need to know to find out who's who is being hidden from you by a government that says you're free and that is working on your behalf. I don't think so. Not buying it. Here's clip number six, eight. Uh, I'll get this guy's name for you here in just a second. Maybe I won't. You'll get the, you'll get the gist of it. John Solomon, people know who he is. He is the guy asking the questions about the January 6th deposition tapes being gone. Check it out. Clip number six, eight. You confirmed to us that the videotapes of Cassidy Hutchinson's, the ones where she's now changing her testimony through the Arabia, that they are missing, they are gone? That is true. I can confirm that. And all of the videotapes of all depositions are gone. 
Um, again, we found out about this early in the investigation when I received a call uh, from someone who was looking for some information off one of the videotapes, and we started searching and we had none. I wrote a letter to Benny Thompson asking for them, and he confirmed that they did not preserve those tapes. He didn't feel that they had to, but according to House rules, you have to preserve any data and information and documents that are used in a profession. Uh, uh, an official proceeding, which they did. They actually aired portions of these tapes on their televised hearings, which means they had to keep those. So, Phil, they have to keep the tapes. It's the rules. Yeah. I, th I think you think they follow the rules. Do you think they care about the rules up there too much? No, I don't think they care about the rules at all. Here's what Emerald Robinson had to say. This was out on X slash Twitter. Says the reason... The reason that important January 6th tapes have gone missing is because Democrats and Republicans in Congress conspired with the FBI to create a fake insurrection in the first place. Well, of course. I mean, of course that's what happened. Laura Logan's doing a terrific series out on X where she is interviewing people associated with the January 6th grand insurrection. What has happened to them, the people that confessed that they were contractors that had infiltrated the situation. Going at finding out who Ray Epps is and all the people. What happened to the pipe bomber? They couldn't figure him out. But man, what a sell job these people put on you. At some point, we got to say, come on with the government. I mean, they can't just lie to us all the time. But I really believe after watching Gruesome Newsome and after watching the interviews that have been going on, I really believe the plan is just to lie. They know people won't be able to figure it out. They'll use the media to sell it like they did climate change and like they did January 6th and like, like they did the election and like they do with COVID and like they do with everything. They just tell you whatever they want to tell you. They preach it. Mockingbird, Mockingbird Press, they just over and over and over again. And they just know that some people won't know what's what and they'll just do whatever they need to do. I really believe that's the strategy. Sad but true. All right, we got about a minute left. Let me uh, set this up for you. We got Ben Murphy coming in for the sixth segment. This is about the caucuses. Got to pay attention to what's going on. I always say it. Very interesting if you pay attention to how politics works, how the system works, what's going on. So this caucus system, I don't believe that anybody in Missouri really understands how this is going to go down. Very few people know how to be a part of it. Um, but we're going to have to be. So you got to know the information. Ben Murphy is the guy keeping an eye out for us. He's going to give the information that is available to the public, the dates, the times of these caucuses, and how everything goes down. So stick around. Segment number six, Ben Murphy on his way. We'll be right back. Sister the Ron Carter Show. The Rob Carter Show. I can't help it. I love it. Let it play. As promised, Ben Murphy is here. But for some reason, I find this hilarious. 
I love this introduction. Stick with it. This was the introduction to Elvis, so all my guests will get this introduction, including Ben Murphy, the great Ben Murphy. Here it comes. Ah, that's enough. All right, let's go. Ben! Rob. We talked last week about the Missouri caucuses. You seem to be trying to figure out the entire process here. So what have we learned since our last conversation? Well, I'd like to report that the Missouri GOP is listening to you, Rob, listening to your show. Um, Either the Missouri GOP directly or they have people listening to the show and are reporting back to them. And I'm referencing last Sunday we talked about the document that I found on the Missouri GOP website caucus training the document was used in february of this year at lincoln days so that was broadcast sunday night and tuesday it was gone from the website Uh uh-huh so they're listening they know we're on to them they know that we're trying to get this story out and that document does not exist on the website but i happen to have downloaded it i have it in a pdf form and I'd like to offer that to your listeners or anybody that uh, gets wind would like to see this document. All they need to do is send an email to us at nomoprimary at gmail.com. Nomoprimary. Nomoprimary at gmail.com. So if you want this document, send an email with your contact information. I'll be in touch because I'd like to talk to you also about being on uh, being involved in the caucus so we're looking for people truly trump people to commit to coming to the caucus possibly being a delegate and all that can be explained but uh if you would just send an email to no mo primary at gmail.com i'll send you that document and uh and we'll be in touch about the primary this is why about I love the you. caucus this is why i'm starting to really enjoy you because this is what the people have to do. I was in a conversation with my uh, father this morning, and he said, you know, Rob, everything is so corrupted from top to bottom. How do you fix things? And I said, well, the first thing you have to do is understand that the power lies within the people if they exercise it. We are going to put a spotlight on Missouri politics. They shouldn't be afraid of that. Why would they be afraid of that? If they're doing things in the best interest of their constituents and they're not pulling any shenanigans over, uh, over the voters of Missouri then we're all going to be fine. Different perspectives. We all understand that there are different perspectives, but you have to follow the rule of law. You have to inform voters. You have to be on the up and up. You can't be, you can't be doing things for nefarious reasons and pretend like it's all just happenstance. When you were giving us the dates with Lincoln Days and the training for the caucuses and when they came out and said we're going to have a caucus versus a primary because it's a cost-saving measure, immediately I think your antenna went up when you were telling me the story. My antenna goes up. Um, but this is what we're supposed to do. Don't you agree? This is how it works. we got to get involved in our government just a little bit. Well, you absolutely do, and you can go one of two routes. You can jump in bed with the Missouri GOP establishment, and apparently, I say apparently, they don't really want the general public to know about the caucus and how it works. And I say that because they've been planning on this for over well over a year, and hardly anybody knows about it. And and they've sanitized the website with the one document I found there. Now, that document does say that there will be an express registration on the Missouri GOP 
website and express registration for the caucus. It's not there yet. It wasn't there earlier today, so that's not up. And then you'd have to have a marketing campaign just for people to even know that it's there so they can sign up. You have to have some form of outreach to the public so they know what's going on. The public has no idea we're having a caucus yet. If they're listening to this show, maybe they know. But if you go to 10 people on the street, they have no idea we're having a caucus. They think they're going to vote in the primaries just like they always have, especially the young people. They have no idea even what a caucus is. They don't even know what the word is or what it means. So um, I'm curious how this is all going to play out. I am. I think with the spotlight on them, I'm, I'm curious how this is all going to shake out. Well, like I said, they're listening or they've got people listening and reporting back. So it's going to be interesting to see as we push this issue, as we push it and it builds to see how they react. Because... We know for a fact that the GOP establishment from Ronna McDaniel or Ronna McRomney down to our local state party, they don't like Trump. Matter of fact, you've got committee people who are blatant never Trumpers who still have it on their Twitter accounts, their X accounts, uh, how never Trump they are and how they despise Trump and can't wait to repost or retweet uh, horrible tweets by never Trumpers. So that's going on inside the party. And just like 2016, when we realized that the party wanted nothing to do with Trump, we took it upon ourselves and established a Trump headquarters in St. Louis. It was the only one in the country. Uh, we did not rely on the Missouri GOP. We ran the campaign to the best of our ability, and we did a pretty good job of it. Uh, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for out. If we were out, if it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for us working outside and in spite of the Missouri GOP. Well, can I ask you a question real fast? Sure. Uh, why do you think that the Republican Party here in Missouri does not support Donald Trump? What is it exactly in your mind that makes this establishment? So anti-Trump. What is it? What do they fear? What do they think is going to happen? How do they think things are going to change if Donald Trump is the president of the United States? They never wanted Trump from the beginning. Is it his behavior? It's because he's an outsider. It's just because he's, he's not bombastic. in the club. Absolutely. He's not in the club. And he made them all look like fools by coming in with no political experience and taking that nomination with the help of a lot of good people in spite of the Republican Party. What is your take on those who say he is splitting the Republican Party? He is painting everybody who is not in his camp as, a, as, a, as an insider, and the insiders are painting him as somebody who is a, a habitual loser, right? This is what the, this, if you're watching the DeSantis campaign and the Trump campaign on X and the way they're communicating with their potential voters, this is the way they're going at each other. What is your take on it? Well, the, the, the Missouri GOP and the GOP in general, nationally, there's been a civil war going on for years within the party. And it can be broken down between Trump supporters and never Trumpers. Now, there are people on, uh, in, in the middle of that spectrum. But the bottom line is we're going to get no help from the GOP. Now, they'll, they'll claim, oh, I'm with Trump. I'm okay with Trump. They'll raise money on his name, and they'll do all that, correct? Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't send any money to uh, win red thinking you're sending it to Trump because right. he won't see a dime of that money. Right. Matter of fact, they'll use it against him. Why would Trump endorse Ronald McDaniel? Is it just because he thought she could raise the most money? I yeah. can't figure that one out. You know, that is, that's a good one. I think that uh, Trump was probably over. Well, it's obvious. He was overwhelmed when he took office. 
and he had to rely on some people, and he had to choose his battles. I believe that's just one battle he decided not to fight. Gotcha. It's just like taking Paul Ryan on. You know, Paul Ryan just recently came out, that worthless. You don't like Paul Ryan? Well, Paul Ryan, he's the, he's the, guy, who, Romney. He's the guy who told Trump that they weren't going to build a wall. Right, Pierre Delecto. So the reason we didn't get a wall built in the time we should have is because not a thing happened in the first two years of Trump's administration because of Paul Ryan. Right. And now Paul Ryan has come out publicly and said that he thinks that uh, Nikki Haley or DeSantis, either one, would be a good choice for the uh, presidential. See, and DeSantis is coming out with the, uh, he's a, the staunch conservative. This is the angle that he is playing. And then he does this interview that I talked about earlier on the show with um, uh, Newsom. Uh, he seems very establishment, Harvard and Yale. I talk about it all the time. And then you got Nikki Haley, uh, who was at the U.N., you know, the center of all evil. She's at the U.N. and goes there, according to um, Ramaswamy. He says she goes there. He, he makes a big to-do about her not having any money and being in debt. And then she comes out of the U.N. and gets all hooked up with the military contractors and all of a sudden has millions and millions of dollars. Well, when you say hooked so up So it's with- interesting that they would want those two because, you know, that would firmly put them in the establishment camp. You said Nikki Haley's involved with military government contracting. So does she own a, a military contracting company? I think it's stocks, I would assume. She just holds stocks. And, and-, and being supported uh, with campaign donations. According to Ramaswamy, I, I didn't do the, the homework on it, but this is what he was. He went on the Patrick Bet David show and made those accusations against her. I'm not so concerned about Nikki Haley. Me neither. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about this Missouri Republican Party that appears to be doing everything they can to deny Trump. And some of them are more blatant than others. Others are playing it really close to the vest. But the way we defeat this, the way we win, is we organize, we show up at these caucuses, and we overwhelm them with support for truly Trump slates. And that's what I'm working on, is trying to develop slates of people who will be delegates. And these delegates then will move forward in the process from the caucuses to the congressional convention and subsequently then finally to the Missouri Republican convention. The Trump slate has to get through three rounds. Well, most likely. The first round is the caucuses with your slate. And those people will then go forward to these conventions, congressional district convention and state convention, and they will elect delegates. So of the delegates that we send to these congressional conventions and state convention they have to be well, they, they have to be real trump supporters they, well they they have to be uh 100 trump supporters right. and we can vet that to a, a great extent i think so too you know uh it's pretty easy to figure out what somebody is nowadays by looking at their social media as an example when the missouri republican party elected Kay hofflander after Trump was elected president, Kay was elected as the chairman of the Missouri Republican Party. And I looked at her social media going back two years. She never once mentioned candidate Trump. Not one mention in her social media for, the, for, for <laughs> President Trump, for candidate Trump at the time. So that's Missouri. And that's, you know, these, these establishment characters, I just feel like, they cannot deal with Trump because Trump has made them all look like amateurs in running this country and running campaigns. Inept. Absolutely. 
you know, we've got um, we've got these caucuses coming. I talked to a I talked to a very highly placed Republican official just today, and this official did not understand <clears throat> that the caucuses were going to have express registration. He was believing that you go on the Missouri the Missouri Secretary of State's website and register there your party preference. That's not that's not registering expressly for the caucus. So even among people who you'd think would know, they don't know. And we're getting close. Well, you know, I I, I understand there's a a training session coming up uh, in December of this month uh, that's going to be run by uh, Chris Howard. And Chris wrote the rules, or at least he said he wrote the rules. He said that in an article that uh, that was published in the Kansas City newspaper. So Chris is going to be running this training. That'll be interesting. To Do see we know anything that. about Chris? I don't. Well, Chris uh, is highly placed in the Missouri State Party, and he works for St. Louis County government, and he's very proud of the fact that he wrote the rules for the caucus. So given he wrote the rules, I think he would be the go-to guy to explain exactly. Now, why isn't this already explained on the Missouri GOP website? I don't know. They profess that it will be published there, along with the link for the express registration for the caucus. That's brought out in this training document that I'm willing to send to anybody who would like to send an email to us, and I'll send that to them. So we're in, we're in for a rough way to go on this deal, and something that I thought of just in the last few days goes to security. So if you're going to have caucuses in every county in the state, 114 counties, something, that's a... A hundred plus meetings of Republican and most likely massive turnout of Trump supporters. So if you're a troublemaker, if you're Antifa or Black Lives Matter or crazy Democrats, you know, these people are showing up at anything that has to do with Trump and they're protesting. Uh-huh. Causing trouble. And they're causing trouble. So I, you know, how are they going to protect a thousand people in a building? You know, who's going to run security for that? Uh, very interesting question. Well, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. You're going to stick around and uh, talk to us next week and the week after, kind of keep us informed as to how uh, you see things. I'll definitely be back. Right on. Thanks again, everybody, for joining us. Don't forget, next Sunday at 6 o'clock, be with us on The Rob Carter Show. Have a great Sunday evening, everybody. The Rob Carter Show. is S-R-1.